Psst, major disclaimer. There's a lot of background noise in this podcast episode. I've got new neighbors moving around upstairs and Maddie's restless and tippy tapping all over the place. So um, my apologies and uh, thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to I Wasn't Always Like This, an uplifting podcast about living with depression. The reflection for this bonus episode began when I was thinking about the different ways that crying plays an important part in our lives. And the more I thought about it, it led me to this. So here we go. Don't give up. Don't give in. It's just the journey. Darkness grows the seed. Bonus episode, Crying, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. When I was young, I used to cry a lot, easily, privately mostly, until after my dad died. And then I did a lot of unintentional public crying until I stopped. It's only been in recent years that I've rediscovered the truth that crying is totally fine. Not only is it fine, I truly believe it is a way of releasing toxins out of the body. Wait, 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 keep listening. No, I'm not coming up with some wacky theory. Don't go all scientific on me. It just feels like when we cry, we are releasing something out of us that we don't need. And that if we held on to it and we didn't let it out, it would be not so good for us. And I started thinking about this idea of good, bad, and ugly crying. It came up lately because recently, I worked with a team of two other interpreters on Shakespeare's The Tempest. In the play, there's a moment when Miranda professes her love for Ferdinand and he responds in kind and that he loves her as well. And she starts to cry. And she says, I am a fool to weep at what I am glad of. That line got right to the heart of me. I began reflecting on the ways that I have found myself crying in moments of gratitude or joy, happiness, sweetness and what a gift it is to cry those kinds of tears. Good crying. When I was in Italy, I cried nearly every day, all for beautiful reasons. I mean, standing in the presence of the David in Florence, my goodness, I couldn't stop the tears from flowing. I didn't care what anyone else thought of me. I just stood and then sat and let myself cry with absolutely no self-consciousness. There was another moment in Florence when I walked into the church where Dante used to go pray and the music playing was a song from the movie Brother Son, Sister Moon, the story of Brother Francesco and Sister Claire. I would be headed to Assisi the next day and hearing that song so randomly playing in Dante's church got me crying those smiling kind of tears. And then when I was actually in Assisi, 
the place I had dreamed of being for close to 40 years, I found that the tears came easily and often. In basilicas, on the street, in the tomb of Brother Francesco, which was also the tomb for Brother Bernardo, Brother Leo, Brother Jacoba, and others. Sitting in the little church, San Damiano, standing inside his cave at the top of Mount Subasio, moment after moment, the tears flowed. It felt like holy crying, a spiritual cleansing, a release. It was honest and vulnerable. Even as recently as a couple of months ago, when I went to the Loom Van Gogh exhibit in Indianapolis, standing in a room surrounded from floor to ceiling by moving, living images of the paintings of my precious Vincent, seeing his visions come alive in a way that would have floored him, how could I not cry? My mom had the same response to the immersive Van Gogh show here in Cleveland. They're all over the country now, totally worth checking out. When the irises started popping open all around her, it just knocked her out. She just started crying. When we are moved so deeply by art or music or, well, anything, when we are moved that deeply that we have no choice except to surrender to the involuntary crying, tears from the deepest parts of ourselves, it feels, hmm, okay, here's the thing. I don't think that there's even a word for that depth of feeling. Okay, if those moments are the good tears, what could be the bad when it comes to crying? For me, it was the moment when I was mocked for my tears. When someone cavalierly tossed off a derisive comment about how we responded to something that moved me. When we are judged for having deep feelings, deep emotions, when we are shamed for our emotions, that is when tears become labeled as bad. Because we feel bad. We don't want to be embarrassed or show our vulnerability. Some of us experience intense emotions. We feel things in profoundly deep ways, and that's just our nature. As an aside, this is a classic quality in us Pisces people. You've been warned. <laughs> so when our personal revelatory moment of cleansing holy tears becomes a source of ridicule or bullying from others, we can sometimes see crying as a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Simple as that. As for the ugly of crying, closing up on this theme of the good, the bad, and the ugly, we've all heard that expression when someone says, oh, that movie, I was totally ugly crying at that one part when... Ugly crying is the kind of release when we don't care what we look like, what anyone else thinks, or what the consequences are. We are just letting loose. When I watch the movie Magnolia, the one with Jason Robards and Julianne Moore, or The Fisher King, Jeff Bridges, Robin Williams, Mercedes Rule, or even on occasion, The Wizard of Oz, even some moments on the TV show Lost, <laughs> I will let loose completely and 
ugly cry until I become dehydrated. And music, oh my, don't even get me started. Pat Metheny's piece, Tell Her You Saw Me, Snuffy Walden's Who Lives Up There, Aquilo's song, Human, and of course, Todd Rundgren's magnificent piece, If I Have to Be Alone, among so many others by that extraordinary man. Not everything can make me ugly cry. When it does though, <laughs> wow. And then after I'm done, I actually feel exhausted and strangely cleansed. It's an excellent release of whatever I've been holding on to. And the feeling that follows a good ugly cry is usually one of deep gratitude. So the next time someone calls you a crybaby, just smile and say, thank you. I prefer the title cry adult though. Never let anyone shame you or steal your tearful thunder. More often than not, our tears have been earned by living, by giving, by loving, by caring, by showing up, and by taking in life in all of its magnificent, terrifying, astounding splendor. Let the tears flow, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. They're yours. Let them out. Thank you so much for listening to I Wasn't Always Like This, an uplifting podcast about living with depression. As we enter into this time of holy days, and there are so many of them, I want to take this moment to let you know that a big promotion is headed your way. If you're not getting my very periodic and non-intrusive emails, please sign up for them. My promise to you is that they are not weekly, they are not pestering, they are only informative and encouraging, and you can opt out of them at any time. The email announcements are where news and opportunities are shared, including the one coming up near the end of this year. So if you're not already getting the emails, please head to the website, www.revrachelhollander.com, that's Rev, R-E-V as in Valerie, rachelhollander.com, and click the contact tab to sign up. Thank you for that. Also, if you're new to the website, take a moment to look around. The whole podcast is on there, as well as a link to order my book and info about the ministerial services I provide. By the way, that's the only place that you can get my book. Again, www.revrachelhollander.com. Please take good care of yourself and others as we navigate our way through the next six weeks or so. These can be tricky times for some folks. If you need me, please reach out. I'll be doing my best navigating right along with you. Always grateful for all of you and for everything. Talk soon. <laughs>